2: All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. As always, thank you for downloading. Easy, one-click subscription at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. If it's iTunes, Stitcher. I I guess there's also the RSS feed that you can download or at least uh, set up the subscription to to make it easy. All that at SoonerSports.tv slash podcast. We have a uh, very special guest. First time on the podcast for one Chad McKee. Uh, we refer to him as the face of the Sooners. You see him on, oh gosh, tennis, volleyball, basketball, softball, baseball, you name it. He covers it. Gymnastics. Uh, so Chad McKee is coming up here in just a bit. And, and he also... Just hosted the first Lincoln Riley show for 2017. Maybe, I guess we can say the first ever Lincoln Riley show. So put that one on the old resume for Chad McKee, who's coming up here in just a bit. But as we tape this, I just got really exciting news. I've been bugging our buddy Mike Houck about getting a player on with us for the podcast for a podcast exclusive, and it just got confirmed. So next week, Game week. This is our last podcast before game week. How all, all the summer, all the countdown, all the obvious looking back on the era of Bob Stoops, looking forward to Lincoln Riley, it, it comes to fruition. It finally happens. And game week starts on Monday. Our Tuesday podcast will not only feature all of the interviews that we do with the players that are available at the Uh, weekly press conference, it will not only include Toby Rowland, but next week will also include Dimitri Flowers, an, an exclusive for the podcast. I'm very excited about that. So tell a friend, spread the word. Dimitri Flowers, our special guest on next week's podcast, and we really appreciate the hard work of Mike Halk and his crew in making that happen. Now, today was a little bit of an easier get, because I simply picked up the phone and called our good friend Chad McKee and said, let's do this. Chad has not been on the podcast before. Uh, Maybe in a few features that we've aired, maybe in a few pieces that we've gone from TV to uh, podcast. He's had a part, but we've never really had a sit-down with Chad until today. I I guess it really all gets underway for us this weekend, right? I mean, this is the start of the madness. You had a soccer game last week, but soccer friday two volleyball games saturday and another soccer game on sunday the madness is here and we're not just talking football right
1: no i mean and it, it got started uh you're right last friday was some soccer of course you and i and the voice uh did super spotlight uh i did a uh, the first ever um Tuner football with Lincoln Riley, presented by Jana King.
2: Nice. on
1: Wednesday. Yeah, a little thirty-minute season preview that airs.
2: Uh, that airs
1: seven o'clock on Fox Sports Southwest on Wednesday, and then I'm sure it'll have various uh, replays. But uh, yeah, I mean we're. <laughs> We've got uh, – I, I can't get all of my prep work done for <laughs> – when we're talking about two volleyballs and two soccerists. So uh, it's nuts.
2: And yeah, and it would be nice if it was like back-to-back playing the same team or something like that. But it's... Yeah,
1: that would help. That would help. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess the good side is we're only preparing for one team each time since we kind of know these Sooners inside out already.
2: Very true. Very true. Chad, take me uh, – let's, let's focus on football here real quick. Uh, what'd you learn today? You know, we had a chance to talk, and as we tape this, it's a Wednesday afternoon. So, as as you had a chance to sit down with Lincoln this morning, what'd you learn? What kind of caught your eye and ear as you chatted with the coach?
1: You know, I I have been around him a little bit as you have uh, over two years prior to him becoming head coach, and I think that one word that I that I uh, was searching for and trying to find. I figured out with the taping, and that's genuineness.
0: Nice. Uh, there's a
1: there's a, there's a genuine quality to Lincoln Riley, um, and I think that factors into a lot of the things that uh, President Warren, Joe Castiglione, Bob Stoops, um, everyone who was in on his ascension to head coach. The genuineness that that translates to him being a good leader that translates him into being cool under fire it certainly translates to him being good on the recruiting trail uh, because he says, look you in the eye uh smile on his face if he needs it stern look on his face if he needs it um but the confidence is what he has about him. um I, I you know that's the first time i've been with him for, for 45 minutes or an hour and uh, obviously i've
2: Is there any sense and I and I the full disclosure, I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. Uh I obviously saw him at the press conference, congratulated him. But since he's become head coach, we haven't had him on the podcast and let's see, Toby does all the, the, the caravan tour stops and you do the coach's show, I probably won't get a chance to talk to him until his press conference on Monday or maybe some post practice avail tomorrow. But Chad, there seems to be some that are concerned about the balance. Oh, he's doing OC and he's doing uh, head coaching. It's going to be tough. Did you notice anywhere? Did you notice any frustration or anything from him? Because from everything I've heard, he's been pretty calm and cool so far.
1: No, I, I certainly didn't. I, I think, I don't know surprised, but excited certainly about a couple of position groups. I think the depth, that sense of tackle... Uh, Q Overton, Romar, Neville Gallimore, just to name a few guys that'll that'll play on the interior. And, you know, the the cornerback, Chris, you could make an argument that if they had had the cornerback position opposite of Jordan Thomas completely sewn up with, you could even argue that had Jordan Parker been healthy, you know, he's coming back from this time a year ago, he's, he's had heart surgery. Right, you know, a slippery situation for an eighteen-year-old kid, but you could make the arguments to me. <laughs> learning the position, and Dakota Austin was a guy who had been on campus, had been on the team a couple of years, and had played
2: I think that you hit, a, you hit something right on the head there that not a lot of people bring up, and that is you are looking at two guys that were coaches that have been, and if I'm not mistaken, two guys that I think were pretty involved. I think Mike Stoops was pretty involved defensively at Arizona, and I'm willing to bet Ruffin McNeil was pretty involved defensively when he was at East Carolina. So it might be on a different side of the ball, but if there's ever any questions about balance, there's your guys, and they're right there in your defensive room.
1: Yeah. And and the other side of it, when when you're talking about managing all of the things that a head coach has to do, Chris, it's such a rarity that I mean, in in college football, heck, in college athletics anymore, what percentage of head coaches would you say get fired, and what percentage go out on their own terms like Bob Stoops and are able to hang around the program?
2: Right. Yeah.
1: You think about Texas. I mean, Charlie Strong's not hanging out counseling Tom Herman. Right. on what to do right and what to do wrong, you know, that, that, and that's just one example of the way things work in college football. And, and to be able to, and Bob Stoops has been out at practice a couple of times, out of the scrimmage. Um, so I, I just think he's got tremendous resources, and and you have the, the continuity that the Coach Stoops talked of so frequently of uh, President Warren
2: Couldn't agree more uh, Chad I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the other sports we do but t- two more things on football here real quick number one uh, can you help me with memory I chose uh, I chose Pernell Motley and let's see who did I choose on the offensive side of the football it's not coming to me right away you I know you had uh, Kenneth Murray was one of the guys did you
1: speaking like on him? Lamb. Yes,
2: yes, Sidarian Lamb. Thank you. How can I forget the guy that everyone seems to talk about out of practice? I know Toby went with Caleb Kelly and Rodney Anderson, uh, and I can't remember who no, you are. All...
1: Toby Toby was uh, – oh, Dimitri, Dimitri Flowers.
2: Flowers. That's right. That's right. right. And, and you went right. with – did you go with Rodney then?
1: I did. I okay. went with Rodney Anderson and as my, uh, my player to watch, or breakout player, so to speak, on offense uh, on the Sooner Spotlight show. And my reasoning behind that, I mean, I don't think I'm going out on any great limb. The thing you have to remember about uh, Rodney Anderson, to me, is this is the third time that he's been able to go through fall camp,
2: right? exactly.
1: His injuries happened. uh, One of them, I guess, happened in fall camp with the uh, the neck injury. But prior to that, you know, he had gone through fall camp. So what I'm saying is they know what, what kind of a commodity that they have in Rodney Anderson. The problem with him is just staying healthy. And they've taken care to make sure that he's healthy going into the season. I think he's the kind of guy that, that Lincoln Riley and Fish is having in his offense—a guy that'll catch the ball out of the backfield, which he was known for in his uh, prep days. A guy that you can hand the ball to 20 times. But he—he uh, he also made it. Clear. Riley did on the uh, show we did. They're going to give all these guys an opportunity. Yeah. Um. Not that they are. Not that they're all completely different. But they all have certain attributes. You know, Trey Sermon is the guy who has really added to his physicality and his frame since he arrived on campus. Uh, Marcellius Sutton may be the change of pace guy, a little shiftier, who uh, might catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit. And then you hear Tate Boulware, the running back's coach, talk, uh, and he says that Abdul Adams is a completely different guy from what he – and Abdul Adams was a freshman. He's a true freshman had to carry the football something sooner than a year ago. Uh, and, and that's different. But I still think Rodney Anderson, because he's been around, uh, because they like his combination of skills, and because he's a little bigger physical guy than some of the others, I still think he's my breakout guy in the backfield.
2: So with that in mind, I was trying to make sure that we, ha- we had all of our guys. If you were to add yes. one more guy. All right, Chad, who's, who's someone, because I, there was a guy that popped up to me that I was thinking of, but I'm curious to just and again, I know that you started at six thirty this morning, prep in, and I know you got radio still to do this afternoon. So I'm trying to ask a lot of you here, Chad. But if there was one more guy you could have added to that breakout player, who would it have been, regardless of position? Wow, um, it
1: would probably it would probably have to be a you no. Know, this is funny, and I'm not saying this just because he's my homeboy, because he's a Johnny Oklahoma boy, born and bred, Creed Humphrey. I've got a <laughs> feeling. I got a feeling that he's going to factor in at some point. I hope it's not because of injury or because, uh, saying Eric Rand is not playing well, I think right. to get an opportunity. But that's an offensive lineman. We want to hear about skill position guys, <laughs> Chris. I really like your guy Ceedee Lamb. Yeah, and I, I've heard a lot about him, and I know it's a it's a crowded mix. Uh, full of some veteran guys like, uh, you know, the Jeffrey Meads and the A.D. Millers and the Mark Andrews. Uh, Jeff Bidette is, I think, going to be a sure-handed guy. Uh, but I, I, I kind of like the idea of a T.D. Lamb and his explosiveness. Uh, and you just continue to hear people talk about him. Jeff Bidette, it's, it's interesting because we talked about him with Coach Riley, um, and he did say, it, he, he said, what well, you have to remember with some of the other transfers that they brought in, uh, you know, Tino Gino Lewis last year. And prior to that, it was uh, – why is the name escaping me? Probably because I've been up since 5 a.m. Uh, uh,
2: Justin Brown. Other...
1: Yep, right. right. Yeah. And, and uh, Coach Riley was not around for him. But uh, many of those guys got to go through spring ball, or at least a couple of them did. that was not the case for Jeff Depp. He didn't go through the spring. So he's still kind of learning the system. But him having played already, quality snaps at Kentucky – in a uh, Power Five conference. I think that helps his veteran this leadership, uh, and I think he's going to factor in. But to circle back, I would probably go with your guy, C.D. Lamb. I just have heard a lot of buzz about him.
2: Well, let, let me throw a guy that's on my mind. I'm sticking at receiver, and I was and I was torn between CD Lamb because if there has ever been a guy that has had more buzz coming out of camp than CD Lamb, I honestly, from a freshman perspective, uh, don't know who it is. I mean, this, there's been it seems like every person that comes away from a practice or the the quote unquote insiders mentions him. But Chad, what about a Michael Jones? Because he plays sure. that, he plays that position to where you you find yourself in a spot to make plays. And now when Nick Basquin went out, they're talking about the walk-on kid that, honestly, I had never heard of before Lee, before Coach Riley mentioned him. But what about that inside receiver position and the potential of a Michael Jones to have a big year trying to not only replace what – I mean, Didi did everything – but trying to replace more specifically Nick Basquin, whom some consider to be on the fringe of a breakout year. And now maybe the youngster Jones has a chance.
1: You know, it's funny um, because before uh, you asked me that, I was thinking in my head, when, when you said um, it, it's hard to remember a guy that had, had more buzz about him at the wide receiver spot than C.D. Lamb, Mike Jones <laughs> Michael is a Jones. little bit okay, yes. this time last year. You yeah, know, where there were a lot of people talking about him. And uh, when he got into games, we certainly saw flashes. Uh, I think that's a possibility. I, I do. I, I think he's got a, a pretty – good combination of size. You know, he's not six four, six five like Miller or Meade, but he's a little faster and a little bulkier and not quite as tall. I think he is a guy. I, I, I'm with you. I think he's um, the position that he's going to play, they would love to have somebody become somewhat of a security blanket, if you will, safety net, with Nick Bathwin being gone or Baker Mayfield. And I and I think Michael Jones fits that mold.
2: One more football question, uh, and then we'll get to what matters to both of us, soccer and volleyball. Um, in, in your opinion, how – I don't know if, if if ginormous or whatever term I want to make up. Excited maybe. Uh, how big is, is week two? I mean, last year week two was uh, – or week three was pretty big, but it was tempered somewhat because you had week one and what happened against Houston. But I can't think of a bigger game uh, on the schedule in college football. I know Alabama, Florida State opens up. I get it, but we're talking about Oklahoma, Ohio State. The the, the history of Oklahoma's trips to the Horseshoe, Chad. We can't help. But look ahead, can we?
1: No, I mean it. Certainly don't want to, uh, you know, offend anyone in El Paso. Absolutely. Or uh, take uh, take the minors or underestimate them, but I mean that would be it'd be an upset along the lines of uh, Appalachian State, Michigan, of what ten years ago or so, if if UTEP were to come into into Norman, and, and it's just not going to happen. Um, I think there's so many things about it. I, 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 it. Can you recover from a loss to Ohio State, win the Big 12, win the Big 12 championship game, and and go to the College Football Playoff? Absolutely man, if you can go up to the horseshoe and win, how does that set you up? And how does it set your conference up as well? Because yep. that's what it comes down to at the end of the season when we're evaluating these teams. Well, who did you beat in the non-conference? There are yep. only three games you play. But the perception of your conference is developed in non-conference play. Um, and, and this is the the it game for the Big 12. you got Texas, USC, you know Oklahoma State, Pitt. You got TCU and Arkansas, but none of those rival Oklahoma versus Ohio State back in the horseshoe, a, a repeat of the kick and UVA von Daman, and the Sooners looking for revenge. Both teams loaded. I mean, it's huge, gosh! It's this. it's a Bigger it. road. Game. It's a it's a bigger road game than was Tennessee, which was the last really big road game.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I know. And, and then before that, it was Notre Dame. It's kind of funny because I started to say ever, and then I stopped myself. I'm like, wait, dude, we just went to Tennessee a couple years ago. And then Florida State yeah. a couple years before that. Joe C's done a great job in scheduling tough teams. Uh, oh, Pat, do, if, am I wrong in that with so much negativity around the Big 12 that I really find myself rooting for every other Big 12 team in their non-conference schedule? Sure. Is that is that wrong of me I or mean, is that accepted?
1: Because of the nature of the beach, you have to. Right. I mean, you – just has to. If, if your team wants to be considered, then your team's conference has to be considered, right? And that means you better have you better have wins. And it's it's not even that. It's it's the games that you don't think about, like opening weekend. We may not pay much attention to TCU Arkansas, but somewhere down the line on one of those uh, college football playoff shows, that game's going to come up. Yeah, as is Oklahoma State versus Pitt. As is USC versus Texas. You know, from USC's perspective, in my opinion. The Pac-12 conference is below the Big 12 conference. So that's a, you know, USC-Texas is a huge game for both conferences. For their perception, what if what if Texas were to somehow go out there uh, and beat USC? Well, that automatically means that the Big 12 is a far better conference than the Pac-12.
2: Especially with all the hype Sam Darnold's got. Hey, did I get you all the way home yet? Have you made it all the way back to Edmond from your drive to Norman?
1: I'm actually, uh, I'm due for a haircut today. Oh. So I'm arriving at I've got, I'm at the beauty salon
2: here nice. uh, for the 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, f- then one quick one to wrap up, Chad. Can you take us through – this is for future broadcasters and when uh, they ask so many questions about preparation. How in-depth do you go? What's your prep process like whenever you're getting ready for an event? And I know that for, for those who don't know, Chad does everything from – uh, well, obviously a coaches show today, to soccer, to volleyball, to you, you're doing, say, yeah, a...
1: Six, tennis, golf, right. or try it all. <laughs>
2: I'll do, I'll do archery and uh, darts, <laughs>
1: competitive dart throwing if they need me to.
2: <laughs> but what's the prep process like for you?
1: Well, it begins with just uh, roster preparation, you know, Players' hometowns, positions—just basically what what anybody else would get. Like you walk into a, a, a football stadium, a, a gymnasium, and into a roster that's got all the, the pertinent information there. And then it's bio work. Um, but but I think maybe the most important thing that I've discovered over the years in prep work is uh, that we we have access to so much information on the internet.
2: Right? So, um,
1: yeah. Stories about players. What's their background? You know, everybody that watches the game can see and, and you can even sit and count how many points or kills or mm. um, you know whatever that a certain player has. That that's there for you. But what are the, the bits of information that number one are relevant to this match and number two that people might might not have access to. So I like to talk to the coaches. Uh, you know, I'll do a couple of hours to just start preparation and then I'll go back and spend a few more hours with what I'm talking about, with with researching players and teams and past history and all those sorts of things, and before you know it, you've got a, a sheet full of information. You'll use about twenty percent of it, to be honest, on broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, you know you do six hours worth of prep work to do a hour and a half volleyball match, yep. and you go, was it really all worth it? Well, yeah, it was. <laughs> If you uncovered, um, uncovered the perfect thing which you needed for the
2: broadcast. That's right. And and I should mention that. You do exclusive charts for every game, right? You, you are. That's yeah. the one thing. Every game, guys, Chad has his own charts. There is no uh, – oh, I'll just use this one that I used from yesterday's game. You are uh, uh, an original piece for every single game.
1: Yeah, because in my mind, everything changes. I mean, yeah. I'm going to do – I'm going to do Sooner volleyball. Now I'm going to do two matches on Saturday. I'm probably not going to completely redo my uh, Sooner uh, chart right for game number two, but uh, yeah, I I think you kind of because when you when you redo it, you kind of start fresh and you look back at things and that, that maybe you missed the first the previous time. Um, so and, and that's another thing. If you're doing a team for the second time, it's nice to have that. That full sheet of work from the previous time that you if you uh, broadcast one of their games to go back and remind yourself, you know, what do yeah. I need to know? What are the storylines? What are what are uh, you know? When I when I started doing games for ESPN, probably I don't know twelve years ago, the one thing that they stressed was don't over prepare, um, and I think that's still valid. It yeah, is, uh, you know, pick your best storylines the most important things happening surrounding this match and make sure people know it and repeat it throughout the match and how it relates to what's happening.
2: Great stuff, Chad. Go enjoy getting your lettuce trimmed, as Jim Rome used to say. And uh, I'll see you at yep. soccer and volleyball this weekend, man.
1: Yes, sir. Well, I'm glad you and I you and I both still have the need for haircuts at our age, my <laughs> friend. So I'm happy. This is always a happy day every month when we go get this done. And, yes, I will see you uh, for Bedlam Soccer.
2: Friday night. Have fun with it, man. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate all your time, buddy.
1: All right, all right, Chris. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon, bud. See you,
2: bud. Good stuff. You know, it's kind of funny where, Chad, this might be an over for for broadcast fans. In, in other words, if you're somebody that at some point in your life wants to either get into broadcasting or, or get into radio or get into the TV or whatever, one of the best pieces of advice I ever received was, Chad talked about over-preparing. And the, the challenge for me was I would have so much stuff that, you know, in my early 20s, mid-20s, I would try to get everything into the game and you would lose sight of actually calling the game because you were so caught up in wanting to make sure that you mentioned that uh, little Johnny Peppercorn had uh, actually quit playing baseball for a couple of years. So it, when he talks about overprepping, that's a great – Thing to remember because the storylines you should pick three. That's that was a pick three storylines that you think are going to be relevant to the match. Not necessarily three things about a player, three storylines in general. And then that way, as the broadcast goes on, you can constantly go back to those three storylines. Uh, even if you end up going 17 innings like we have before, and for viewers or listeners that are just tuning in you're able to hit what were the big stories throughout the game there's my little broadcasting 101 for you speaking of that professor toby roland will rejoin us for game week that's right the next time we sit down with you for the sooner sports podcast it'll be game week as we count down to oklahoma and UTEP. until then everyone have a great weekend man college football is back this weekend with a handful of games and we'll be all in on football beginning on tuesday until then be safe have fun and boomer sooner everybody this has been the sooner sports podcast make sure to get all the latest episodes online
1: right now at sooner sports.tv slash podcast and make sure to follow us on twitter at ou on the air
0: Jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa playsets. Peppa Pig,
1: inspiring kid confidence.